I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We are here today to talk about extended orgasm. Ooh, what is that, you ask? Not to be confused with multiple orgasms. Oh, yeah. We talk all about orgasm in this with some wonderful speakers. I learned a lot, actually, in it. Oh, and we got to see a hot video. Uh, We did, but it wasn't uh, on while we were recording. It was previous to uh, starting the recording, but it was hot. We saw the vulva and all. We saw all of it. The orgasms, the finger action. The the toes are twitching. The toes are twitching. (laughs) The juicy pussy. Yeah. We're like, what kind of lube are you using? (laughs) (laughs) So it's super hot. Um, When you hear April read the bio and then also when they talk on the podcast, they will say, uh, uh, Alicia, she says that you can actually text her if you want to learn more. This is her business number, everyone. I'd like to remind you, please don't text her um, and be like, hey, what's up, girl? Um, and please only text her. But this is if you want to learn more and she does consultations with people and does work with people, then they also have a workshop and all kinds of fun stuff for you. Uh, so just don't don't be calling her. It's a business number. Text only. <laughs> And for business purposes. Don't be sending the dick pics. No dick pics, please. Unless she asks for and, them. And Alicia's, I think she's, uh, sorry if she get a dick pic or two from the <laughs> listeners, but no, it's not invitation. Um, <laughs> but wonderful speakers learned a lot here. And and on that note about lube, because we're like, what lube are they using? I just want to talk a little bit about Uber Lube. Uber Lube. Uber Lube. One of our favorite lubricants has been for many, many it's years. It's American-made, though, y'all. Even though it's it's Uber, it's still American. Made well, in Chicago. Made in Chicago, family business, and it is a long-lasting silicone lubricant. Never gets sticky. It has no flavor, no scent. It's great for all kinds of play. April and I have been fans of it for years. I just brought it to my gyno appointment the other day because I don't like what they use oh, yeah. typically. I never know. It's an unidentified lube, so I just bring my bottle. I'm like, can you put this on your your latex hand, please? Yeah, that's yeah. I I actually should. I don't know why I don't do that. Yeah, I should totally do that because I don't like what they put on my body either. And I use it for all kinds of things. And what people find with Uber Lube is they often find they say. This, this is lube. Lube can be this good. Uh, it's actually something that I like all over my body. It blends in with your skin over time. So you don't feel like you need to take a shower. How many or doctors anything. recommend it? I think over 3,000 in the US yeah. alone. So go check it out. You will probably join the fan club and won't want to do anything else other than Uber that lube. Uh, so go to uberlube.com. You get 10% off and free shipping with code SHAMELESS, and you will not regret it. I wanted to give a little shout out. Wait, is it- is the code shameless sex or shameless? Sorry, <laughs> I'm not remembering. <laughs> Try them both. You'll see what happens. It says it on our website, too. So you can click yeah. the banner and it, yeah. it'll go straight there. <laughs> I always do that, too. I'm like, shameless, shameless sex. There's so many codes. So I have a praise for a listener that wrote us 
that she was talking about using boric acid for BV because we've talked about it many times. And she was saying that some midwives had recommended tea tree suppositories. So I actually went ahead and bought some and I want to give this listener a shout out and say thank you because it really does work. And it actually, the suppositories, you can put it in the morning or at night, but you feel refreshed and it feels tingly and nice and it smells nice and el natural yes because the boric acid gets like chunky and weird and this just feels good so thank you for that recommendation and i also i i uh, what was it? What, I endorse this message. Yeah, and this actually, this is not a sponsor, by the way. This no. is actually just from. A I don't listener. have a brand. You can just go online or yeah. to your natural food store. Yeah, I just asked for whatever one they had in stock and and bought it. Yeah, I love natural solutions for things and and uh, bacterial vaginosis, also known as BV, is just super common. A lot of people uh, experience it, vulva owners, and so and they're like, "What the hell is going on? How do I deal with this?" Uh, so it's really helpful to know all the options that we have. And then when we have live, real human experience from Chip and Dip here right now. Yeah, sure. Do you have one in right now? No, I wore one last night. Ooh, cool. I'm just doing the evenings. Okay. Because sometimes... Uh, the juices come out. Yeah. And all night. of a sudden I'm like, no, during the day. If I, I did it during the day the and I was like, come out damn, night. I just got some oil on my couch snail, snail trails <laughs> snail trails remember your, your own your old green couch the snail trail couch yeah <laughs> the velvet I had a green velvet couch and amy was sitting on it one day and she's like that's snail trail is that a snail trail i was like mm, probably let's badge juice everyone yeah that she dragged along <laughs> like when the dog from scoots banging on, the on that couch that's cute uh-huh. all right anyways all right so i'm gonna read us a sex question are you ready yeah This listener says, I'm a 26-year-old woman and I've never really had trouble orgasming in the past. I have a new partner who I love being with and hooking up with, but I have not yet orgasmed with him, which is pretty atypical for me. At the same time, it takes quite some time for him to come, which I'm also not used to, but I spend a lot of time going down on him and trying to make him come. I also don't want him to feel embarrassed that it takes him so long because I know a lot of things can cause that and they're they're beyond both of our control. But it's been hard because it can be very tiring to get him to come, and I have still have not yet. He also hasn't put in the same amount of time that I have. How do I tell him how I'm feeling, and then I want him to make me come without making him feel bad or feel shame? Good question. There's multiple questions in there too, right? It's, yeah. There's the part about you about uh, this. She wants. She really wants to make her boyfriend come, her partner come. Um, she's putting all this effort, and that's its own challenge with the. Um, it taking a long time or being really hard to do it. And, um, I, it's unclear to me if you've made them come from oral, but just not from penetrative sex. Um, uh, but somehow there's a challenge there. And then there's also your challenge with, you haven't had an orgasm there, which wasn't a challenge in the past. And you're putting in all this extra time and effort and your partner, you don't feel like they're doing the same thing. So it sounds like, yes, a conversation, which listener already knows. So how do we have this conversation? You're not doing it right. You always... No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do any of that. <laughs> Amy's taking a new approach now, everyone. A new approach to uh, uh, to uh, sex education. Point fingers screaming. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. Get the fuck out. <laughs> no, sorry. We're dude. kidding. We're kidding. We're definitely kidding. <laughs> no. Um, I think... I understand... So there's some dynamics here a little bit. Uh, and So I want to speak to the, the need to make someone come first because that seems really important to you that... Um, it's, it's feeling like, and I'm not sure if your partner is, has put pressure on you too, for you to make them come. Is this your pressure on yourself that it has to end this way or that you have to have them have an orgasm? And if so, 
why is that important? Is it make you feel worthy? Do you feel like that's how sex is supposed to go? That they won't love you or think you're great in bed if you don't make them come? I'm doing air quotes with the word make. Um, because I just don't think that it's your job to make them come. I think orgasming and coming are a, um, a part of sex, but that's not the end goal, the end game of why why at least I think April and I share the same, even though April, I know that you, it's important for you. You like making people come mm-hmm. because it helps you feel special, worthy. Yeah. There's like something about it that is, right. yeah, and, and when it doesn't happen, how do you feel? Well, I've actually done some work around that where now it's, it's okay. And I just am along for the journey instead of trying to reach a destination. Yeah. And a lot of times just letting go of that has helped me get out of my head. And I was like, well, that was amazing. It was still really fun. And I felt pleasure even though I didn't come or you didn't come. And so it, 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 when I made the shift in my brain was when actually more orgasm started to happen for both me and my partner. Yeah, it gets it because we get in our way when we're so goal oriented. So it's, if it's goal oriented for ourselves, I need to come. We're in our heads. If it's goal oriented about our partners, I need to make you come. You're in your head. Um, and then maybe they feel that pressure too. And then they're like, Oh my God, what if I don't come? And then they're yeah. not going to be happy. And then they're in their heads. It's a big old mess. The rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. So I think first, if you haven't already had this conversation, talk to your partner about that, about, uh, hey, I noticed that it takes a long time for you to orgasm. How do you, you know, how do you feel about that? There's this big part of me that it feels important to make you orgasm. There's also this part of me that gets in my head when I'm really focused on that. Um, and in that, you can have a conversation about can we have non-goal oriented sex and just enjoy the journey, make orgasm a bonus, and maybe that can take the pressure off for both of you. Or if your partner's like, orgasm's really important to me, or what are some tips and tricks? What works for you? What's not working for you that I can try? Um, but knowing that they might not all work. I would also suggest perhaps trying a wearable cock ring where he's wearing it on the penis shaft or around the testicles and shaft. The Adam Plus cock ring is really awesome. Or you could get a Wii vibe and try that. So the wearable hands-free sort of vibes that maybe just spice things up to help you along. And also he might be really excited by changing it up and something different. And I always love spicing things up with toys and it does add an extra element that could be, that could be pleasurable. And maybe uh, there still won't be a complete orgasm being had, but it will be a fun ride. Vibrations can definitely help to get you there sooner um, because they intensify things. And, and guess what? You get them at purepleasureshop.com. And I know the discount code is shameless sex. You yeah. get 15% off of those products and many more. Uh, and then the other thing, but so you feel like you're putting in a lot of effort to make him come and that he's not doing the same and you still haven't had an orgasm with this partner. Um, and so it sounds like you probably know what works for you a little bit in, in terms of how you have an orgasm. So again, have you guys talked about this? Have you shared with them, this is what works for me, whether it's with your fingers or uh, mouth techniques or cock techniques or dildo techniques or whatever that is, or are you just not really speaking to it and, and hoping that your partner figures it out for themselves? Because if so, well, they're not psychic and this is where it could end is it, they just might not understand what works for you. So another conversation here. Um, hey, you know, here's the, uh, in, uh, I'm going to use April's uh, shit sandwich as she calls it. <laughs> I mean, that's not what it's called. You can also call it a compliment sandwich. A compliment sandwich. But I like to call it the shit sandwich because mm-hmm. you stick the shit in the middle and the compliments are it, are the bread no, of the, the sh- sandwich. The shit's at the end, actually. No, but you could, no, usually I put the shit in the middle and then I end with a compliment. Okay. That's why it's the sandwich. Okay, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> so she starts with this, some yummy bread and the yummy bread's like, I love, I just love having sex with you. I think you're like the sexiest person ever. I love her sex life. Um, and not 
not but, but and, <laughs> um, uh, what I'm noticing is that I'm having a really hard time having orgasms and this really hasn't been the case in the past. And I want you to know, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm just realizing I have never shared with you what works for me. Can I share that with you? Can we try that? Can I show you with my own hands? Can we try this? Can we try that? Can we try that? Um, and so you're still making requests. You're taking ownership of your own stuff, whether it's, have you not shared with that, with their, your person? Have you faked orgasms or whatever that is? And, and then also making an open opportunity for a we space. How can we explore this together as opposed to you figure it out and this is your problem? It's an us, it's an us thing. Very good advice, Amy. Yeah. All right. You good can luck. also check out our guests in this podcast yeah. to perhaps help you. There's a video that and they have. There's a video. In a workshop. Yes, exactly. Which we'll get into shortly. And first it's time for the bio. Erwan and Alicia are the best extended orgasm teachers in the world and arguably the most comprehensive relationship teachers in the world, covering psychological issues, lifestyle design, masculine slash feminine dynamics, and sex slash orgasm techniques. To learn more, text Alicia at 415-308-9580. Visit Erwan Davon, I'm going to spell it E-R-W-A-N, D-A-V-O-N dot com or click the link in the show notes to check out their intro to extended orgasm class. But first, just because you're growing up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to get you in the mood or to wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet or sexy dreams. Dipsy is an audio app full of short erotic stories designed to turn you on. I just listened to Get Intimate with Jack, and let me tell you, that hot British accent telling me all the sexy things he wanted to do to me got me so hot and bothered in all the right ways. Mm-mm-mm. Get turned on anytime, anywhere with Dipsy. They release new stories every single week so you'll never get bored, and they have wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself, as well as bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And guess what? Dipsy is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. Dipsystories.com slash shameless. All right, it's interview time. All right, everyone, it is episode time, and we are here with... Erwan and Alicia. They're in San Francisco. They're so close to us. We're in Santa Cruz and uh, normally we'd be recording in person, but you know, so early 2021 and uh, I, I, at least I get to be with you, Chip. Yeah, I'm here. I'm happy that you're next yeah. to me. Uh, this is a hot topic because it has the word orgasm in it and everyone loves learning about orgasm, but it's extended orgasm and you're all like, what the hell is an extended orgasm? I thought orgasm was just an orgasm. So we're going to dive on in and learn more about this. We actually, just side note, we'll be talking about a video that we just saw maybe two minutes ago. It was hot. Yes. So, so hot. A presentation of what this practice, uh, and maybe it won't even be called a practice as we dive in, but what it looks like. Methodology? Um, methodology, yeah. Techniques, uh, way of living, way of being, lifestyle. <laughs> I live the extended orgasm lifestyle. I would like to, actually. Um, and I can just tell you that there was a lot of pleasure that we just saw. So uh, we'll dive in with our usual question, the typical question that we ask our guests. So tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality and especially your journey with extended orgasm. 
You so, start, buddy. You're, right. you're, you're the creator. All right, I'll start. Uh, the short, I'll give the first 15 years of my life in a phrase was uh, difficult drama, parents divorced, immigrating, craziness. Then got into psychoanalysis at 15 years old, sorted my head out multiple times a week, cra- you know, crazy teenage years. Then got into psychology, then got into Eastern this and Eastern that and Zen and all the rest of it. Sorted my difficult childhood out, which was putting first things first. Then took a look at like, well, what am I really interested in? What's fun? And I was sitting at a cafe and I had a little piece of paper and I started doing one of those free write things. And I just started free writing. What am I the most interested in? And the words just started like a Ouija board, just started writing. It was women. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Honest man. So I decided to take all this training and put it in the area of romance. And then from there, orgasm and then from their extended orgasm and it started learning about Taoist techniques and all that because they were into that but then making it much more specific to sort of westernize it take the actual signs of orgasm a clinical definition of orgasm that masters and johnson's created i don't know about 100 years ago at this point and you know how do you actually extend that thing that's usually a peak you know, and we'll get into it in the hour. Uh, and then when I learned how to extend it, it was like my sex life went from good to. Can I curse on this podcast? Oh, fuck yeah. okay, right. <laughs> good to fucking awesome. You know, everything just really took off. So Erwan had founded our organization maybe 10 years before I had met him. And then I was so I had like the opposite childhood of Erwan, right? Like super stable, grew up in a suburb of LA, two awesome parents, a little brother, grew up in a bubble basically. And got into studying psychology in college and then grad school. So there I was, I was getting my master's in psychology. I was like, I'm going to be a therapist because I had been in therapy and it helped so much. And then I was like kind of getting a little bored in my program. And I found myself starting to become obsessed with female sexuality and how it related to psychology. And I was like, hold up in the library, like trying to learn things and trying to like discover more about myself. And my girlfriend, Shana in my program was like, Alicia, you got to meet this guy, Erwan. I just met, he teaches this course called the pleasure course. And there's this thing, extended orgasm. Like, I don't really know about it yet, but I'm going to learn soon. And I was like, oh my God, take me to this guy. So she takes me over to Erwan's where he was having this group at his house and like people were playing these communication games and he was like all cute sitting on the couch. And I just fell in love with him right there. He was wearing these white judo pants and like black Uggs and he was like all scruffy and I'm like, (sighs) and I was in another relationship at the time and it was kind of going downhill and this helped it go downhill much faster. So long story short, he and I got together and this is what it was like, okay, to hang out with Erwan and how I discovered extended orgasm. So he was living down in Brisbane, south of San Francisco at the time. And he was like running these two houses that like each had at least like what, 10 people living there. And people were doing sensuality research, learning about extended orgasm in this communal situation. So I was like, 
in my little car, like drive across the bridge from North Berkeley and like seriously already feel like I was coming on the drugs and then like get to his house. And then I'm like, I feel my body getting more turned on and I get to his house. And like, there's this one day, it was like maybe the second time I'd ever been to this house. And I was like really nervous and wasn't even sure I was at the right house. And then I go, I knock, nobody answers. So I go around and the garage door is open and I walk in and there's this dude, he was 84, tall with like white hair, like this white beard. He looked like God, you know, how you think of God up in the sky and he's doing his laundry, right? In this garage. And I'm like, is, is Erwan here? And he's like, sure, honey, come on in. You look great. He's just in there. And I'm like, even the, you know, this guy is like 84 had sex appeal. I'm like, okay, I'm walking through the house. It's like mauve carpeting straight out of the seventies, like mirrors on the wall, like all this shit. And then I hear moaning and like laughing and women like screaming. And I'm like, okay, I have to find his room. And I knock and luckily it was his room and he opens the door and he's like, you're here. The women in the house have been coming all day. Come on in. And I'm like, fuck, this is so great. So like, I discovered extended orgasm like outside of my like nice conventional upbringing. Blew my mind. It's so it's so San Francisco though that you all had the a so sensuality. Yeah, I'm like I just picture the whole thing. You sat the scene splendidly, Alicia, with the story, and I just think like a sensual a sensuality community and doing research, which I love. I'm so happy that you were the. Uh, the creator of this, Erwan. So um, let's talk about, because extended orgasm is what this is about. So what is extended orgasm? Okay, good. So if we look up orgasm in the dictionary, we're going to find the definition as the climax of sexual tension. That's basically a useless definition because that could just as easily be an argument, right? So it doesn't say anything. It's not a clinical definition. So if we go to clinicians, the best definition we've found is Masters and Johnson's definition from last century. They have 12 signs of orgasm. The most obvious sign is involuntary contractions in the genitals. The genitals are involuntarily contracted. And there's other signs, involuntary contractions in the abdomen called abdominal ridging. There's increased heart rate. There's... Uh, swelling, engorgement, like sheen of perspiration, blushing. There's all these different signs, but it's the involuntary contractions in the genitals that really are the clinical sign that you're looking for. So for a woman's pussy, it looks like this. I mean, I'm, you know, if everybody can picture like my hand kind of op- like a ring opening and closing, right? For a penis, it looks like this. You know, the, it's, it's like kind an of, elephant trunk. Very fast, yeah. right? So it looks like those kind of involuntary contractions. Now, how people have that traditional orgasm is they, Masters and Johnson's drew, drew a graph. They had a line across, a horizontal line across that graph. They said people tense up, they get over that line. They then involuntarily release because they've hit what they call the orgasm line. They either just relax and let go or their muscles just give out. They have six to nine involuntary contractions for men, nine to 12 for women. And then they come down the other side and they're at a lower energy point than they started. So it's like this, right? 
Now, what we found is that if you get to that orgasm line without tensing, if you're relaxed, when you get to that very high level of sensitivity that the genitals will involuntarily release, they'll have those involuntary contractions, you'll stay above that line. So that's the trick, to be relaxed and feeling a ton in your sex. And it's just not how you people usually do it. They usually get to feeling a ton in their sex with a lot of fast stroking or hard rubbing or this kind of thing, which creates a kind of a tense and drop. So you learn to get to that point relaxed and then you stay over that line, as you saw in the video demonstration, you know, like that was one minute of a 30 minute demonstration. Alicia was doing that for 30 minutes and and really everybody can do it. Everybody can have extended orgasm. Like even if some of the people listening have like never had an orgasm or they're not sure, or it's challenging with a partner, but they can only do it alone or whatever. All of our bodies have the potential to have extended orgasm. I remember the first time I had an extended orgasm date, like an occasion of extended orgasm with Erwan. I had had climax orgasms, you know, the guy that I was with before it was like, how many, you know, that can I have in one sex act and like lots of kind of squeezing and making it happen. And that was fine. It was fun. But I remember laying there, I was on my back and Erwan was sitting up by my side, fully clothed. He's like, here, let's take a look at your pussy. I'm like, okay. You know, and there was like this glow of the red light and he stroked my clitoris so slowly And instead of like clenching, he's like, just relax. And I remember how high and how sensitive my clitoris was and how high I felt with those strokes being completely relaxed versus clenching, trying to get somewhere. Uh, I was recently talking on one of our uh, episodes about how my partner's been doing pussy massage. Um, And actually, my clitoris isn't even usually the, the, the biggest uh, part of it, it's more like my labia majora. Actually, mostly my labia majora. They, my labia majora loves to be kneaded and pinched and all these things. And it's just like this um, very, it's like, it's, it's, you know, if an or- orgasm is a 10, I get to hang out at, at you know, a, a 7 or an 8 or a 9 for a long time. And it includes labia minora clitoris as well. Um, which, which brings me to this question about, because you're talking, so you're talking about extended orgasm as it's the muscle contractions that are happening, the euphoria that comes with that, and you're kind of you're hanging out there for a long time as opposed to like, oh, it's been that was a great three seconds, and yeah, okay, cool, on to the next thing. So, what is not extended orgasm, and what's the significance between the difference between how you're describing extended orgasm and what is not extended orgasm? That's a that's a great question. It's a really good question, um, and you know, it it brings me back to. Uh, something April was saying, you know, a little while ago, which is, is it a technique? Is it a method? Is it a this? Is it a that? Well, it's a state of body and mind, really. And it's a state of body and mind. For it to be orgasm, there has to be release, right? So what's not extended orgasm is when there's not release. And for example, edging is something which is popular nowadays where a person goes right under the orgasm line and they stay clenched and they don't release and they're kind of vibrating, but their, their, their genitals are not involuntarily contracting. 
right? So that's like pre-orgasm or edging. Some people find that pleasurable. Some people don't find that pleasurable. You know, it's people have a lot of different takes on it. Sometimes people even present that as orgasm, but it's not orgasm. Orgasm, it has to have release in it. That's really the defining characteristic. Now, Masters and Johnsons couldn't put release in their clinical definition because they're scientists. They were using film, you know, they, they had to see and measure it. But how you can measure release is the involuntary contractions. So that's what that makes it orgasm. And if it doesn't have the release and the involuntary contractions like edging, it's not orgasm. In that first extended orgasm date that Alicia and I had, I went really slow and so on. She had two involuntary contractions, right? smaller than a normal climax orgasm. And what we did is talk about them probably for about an hour, and then we emailed back and forth about them. There was this super positive yes attitude. That's amazing. She went from two to like 20 the next time because of that attitude of not rushing, staying relaxed, being positive, you know, like that. And then it increases very rapidly, and it allows a person to get past that line. I was like, who is this guy? Like he emails me and the, the subject is those two contractions frozen in my mind. I'm like, oh my God. She's like, all right, I think I'll give you a few more. <laughs> Most people clench their genitals when they sex. Even a lot of the Taoist and stuff, technique stuff, they, you know, the, or yoga, the mula banda clenching the, you know, like, that's not necessarily bad, but people are already doing that. And if you want to have extended orgasm, the base of the pelvis needs to actually be pushed out and relaxed like a muscle. You know, I'm straightening my arm for those of you who can't see the muscle needs to be relaxed so it can involuntarily contract. If the genitals are clenched, yeah, you'll spike up the sensation. Then they'll go like this and then that's it. Game over. When you say, also, when you say pushed out, you're talking about like kind of like bearing down, like as if I'm trying to push my pussy down to the couch that I'm sitting on right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I say bearing down, people are like, what is that bearing down? Yeah. I feel like this is something. I, I love what Alicia had said that everyone can. This is a learned thing and everyone can achieve extended orgasm. So I think that's a huge piece because I feel like I could do this or maybe I have tried and I don't have the right techniques yet or the right uh, body connection to the mind and letting go. So that video that you had showed us before we started recording was really incredible. So I guess my question here is how does this lead to passion, hot, passionate sex in a relationship? So in a relationship, most, if not all people listening know that the cliche is that in the beginning of a relationship, it tends to be hotter and more passionate. There's novelty. Then it starts to plateau and goes down from there. And then people often think, well, something's wrong with the relationship or I should find somebody new or whatever. This, the extended orgasm stroking practice keeps the chemistry in both people's bodies alive. The biggest reason that couples come to work with us is decreased chemistry, decreased passion and wanting to get that back. So having this practice of daily, ideally, clitoral stroking and having that sensual energy rolling in the relationship is what keeps the passion going. 
And one of, you know, that's a really good point Alicia's making, because in, in what she's saying, there's a there's a change from what we call the erotic or mental turn on. Like when you meet somebody new and you don't know them, they're strange ass. That's our term for it. you don't know them that well. Right. Like strange <laughs> ass is sexy. Everybody loves some strange ass. I stroke with my other hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way to spice it up. <laughs> but after a while, you know, it's your old lady, it's your old man. So how do you have the passion increase? Well, there be, there's a change from like, ooh, it's got to be somebody new or, you know, we've got to go from like, you know, fireman hats to now outfits to more and more crazy stuff, more and more erotic stuff, you know, all this, the more bigger whips, you know, whatever. It's not, nothing wrong with all that stuff. But in what she's saying, what's implied is the focus is on the, sent- the actual sensation, it's sensual, sensation, sensate, the body reaching very high levels of pleasure. She talked about being high, high in the head, high in the heart, high in the body, high in the sex center, really sensitized. So that takes over versus all of the kind of like, you know, mental stuff. There's nothing wrong with the mental stuff, some dominant, submissive stuff, whatever people are into, it's fine. We all do that and play with that. It's great. But you want the sensual part to be the main course, the the uh, entree, not the appetizer, and that that more erotic stuff to be the appetizer. And when this practice creates that, then the turn on gets to be more and more. And you don't need like a new partner or a new thing or a new toy like, you know, every other week, you know, that kind of thing. You get increasing returns sensually. You get decreasing returns erotically. Does, it, uh, does that communicate? Yeah, totally. okay. I had a question about, so we've talked a lot about clitoral stroking and in extended orgasms. So with penile stroking, is it focusing on the frenulum, the, the most sensitive area and kind of in the same, because right, right. We're the, we're kind of the same. Uh, we're, what, how does Emily Nagowski? We're say all it? made of the same parts. They're just put in different places. Yes. Or so is it similar? Like, and the bearing down and all that, that question came up for me while we were talking, because we're talking a lot about clits. Let's keep it even. What about penises? Right. Yes. Yeah. So for those with penises, the, the, the pushing out is you want to do that too, rather than the pulling in, the pushing out. And then when I'm stroking Erwan, I mean, his whole, I, I go for his whole cock, right? Like I'm stroking. The similarity is building peaks, you know, so not stroking, stroking to get him to ejaculate, but stroking rhythmically and bringing him up on peaks. And he's like in a state of extended orgasm. Certainly, I can stroke around the corona and the apex and the head, and that's more sensitive than the shaft. But I don't necessarily just focus on that. It's not the same in that way. And when you say but for penis owners to push out, my guess is that they, this is for penis owners who um, have some uh, pretty strong ejaculatory control, whereas folks who don't have strong ejaculatory control, my guess is that if they bear down or push out, that would end up in uh, a quick ejaculation. Um, so I, I, what you, I, I'm asking, this is a question actually, for you all, what you think from your experience, um, people w- who have own penises to actually understand their body and gain more ejaculatory control before moving to extended orgasm world? 
Yes, I, it's great. I love talking to sex educators. <laughs> <We're nerds. laughs> You're absolutely right. It is much more difficult for males to learn extended orgasm because there's so much focus on ejaculation. Mm-hmm. And ejaculation and orgasm are collapsed. Even Masters and Johnson's 100 years ago did not include ejaculation as a sign of male orgasm because it's not. It's something that happens during orgasm and... Um, men have a difficulty uh, relaxing during sex and not going for the ejaculation. And if they do the pushing out, yep, in the learning process, that, that'll definitely happen. So the big thing for guys is to learn to relax, mm-hmm. to learn to slow down. Women kind of grok that typically on average, not every woman, obviously, but on average tend to grok that, grasp that mm-hmm. more easily. Yeah. Yeah, one of our taglines, I don't know if you all knew this, but one of our taglines at Shameless Sex Headquarters is go slower than slow and then slower than that. I have because- a sticker on my bottle. Oh, do you? Oh, nice. Oh, actually, my partner was just wearing a shirt today. That's actually because we, yeah, we have, anyways, we have some, some gear. But, um, but because we said added go slower than that to it, because a lot of times people think what, and including myself, I'll just say myself, a lot of times when I think I'm going slow, whether it's walking, stroking a cock, or touching my pussy, uh, I am actually moving a lot faster than I think I am. And so we added that whatever you thought s- slow was, you know, to maybe slow it down even more um, and experiment with that, whether it's with your own self-pleasure or with other people. And I, I totally get what, what you're saying, that there is a lot more available in in the senses when we slow down and you combine this presence with for the touch, again, whether it's with ourselves or with other, uh, other folks. And um, for people listening, you all... I really suggest, and I will have some information at the end on how to look up your videos and website and your offerings. I really suggest checking out to know what slow is because it's a lot slower than what you all are probably still imagining. (laughs) But we'll get there in a second. Um, This brings me to the question about tips. Our listeners love applicable tools or tips they can apply now. You said relaxation, obviously, for all bits and genitals. what what is what are some tips that maybe people can take right now if they want to go try it in five minutes? Not like yes. in, not in a span of five minutes, but like they hang up and then five, they're going to go and do it. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, the first tip is to to just do it, just start it. Don't worry if you know the perfect technique. Just start stroking your cock, start stroking your clit. Just start and experiment. Second tip is when there's two people. It's good to have one person at cause. That's our language for kind of in the the giver. And then one person at effect, receiving. So like having those roles, it's fine to switch it up at some point during the act. But having roles is a really helpful tip. Especially for learning. Obviously, you'll take it to where you're doing each other together. But for learning, it's much easier. One person's laying down, one person's sitting up. We're focusing on one person's genitals. It just, you know, I love that you said that, Alicia. It makes it enormously easier. Slow down. I love that you said that, Amy. Like, definitely slow down. Even stop, right? Mm. Like, when I had that first extended orgasm date with Alicia, you know, I was stroking her clit and at one point I just stopped and for about 60 seconds asked her to just describe what she was feeling and that increased her sensation dramatically. And then, you know, I love slower than slow. We could even go lighter than light. I took my finger off of her clitoris. So it was just through the lubricant. 
So she could just feel the heat of my finger through the lubricant. And that really sensitized her, trained her to feel and to reach. Because when people are pushing hard or fast, much less hard and fast, you know, the, the, the cock or the clitoris is going to really kind of retract from that or go over the edge. So slow, maybe even stop. And um, light, maybe even take your finger off and just let the genital yours or the other person's reach for the sensation. And uh, pushing out, we already talked about, you know, you can kind of just practice, like clench up like a kegel, pull in like a mula banda kegel, like you're, you know, trying not to go to the bathroom and then do the opposite, push out, bear down like you're having a baby or whatever, right? And just practice that back and forth to create voluntary contractions. And then that's a sort of segue to involuntary contractions. This podcast is brought to you by She's Birdie. You probably know how obsessed we are with safety. And sometimes it's hard not to worry about the what ifs of life. And what if you feel like you're in danger? For some peace of mind, go get yourself the security of She's Birdie. It's a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry, simple to use, and unlike pepper spray, no danger to you. You can activate your birdie with a quick pull. The alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. If you don't want to worry when it comes to your safety, you need Birdie. Over 300,000 Birdie alarms have already been sold and they have thousands of five-star reviews. So stop worrying and go get one right now because She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash shameless. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash shameless for 15% off of your first purchase. That's she'sbirdie.com slash shameless, y'all. Join the flock today for a safer tomorrow. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I have kind of a two-piece question because I am this uh, person that is very reliant on sex toys, right? I love sex toys. What I'm hearing from this uh, extended orgasm, like the pieces that you're sharing is that using to connect the bodies in a relationship using your hands is more important or the important piece to uh, dropping into your partner and their extended orgasm? Or can you incorporate toys into this? That's the first piece. You can definitely incorporate toys. The, the, the most important part is the person uh, who's at effect, who's being done their pleasure. So the ultimate thing is like what, you know, let's say I'm doing Alicia, what has her feel good? That's the ultimate barometer. There's no philosophy or method that 
supersedes that, you know? So there's nothing wrong with toys. Now, a nice thing about hands is that hands feel back mm. and there's a, you can have a lot more dexterity and, you know, it's a very strange kind of thing during an extended orgasm. I'm having the exact experience that she's having. It's just not as genitally focused for me. So we're in a, I can feel what she's feeling mm. like I'm in her body. It's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. So there's something about the contact that supports that. <laughs> well, I think that's what leads me to the second piece. That's why I wanted to ask that, which is how can extended orgasm, and it sounds like this is how, uh, how can it help couples get their chemistry back into their relationship? So our work is has a big sexual component, right? Our specialty is extended orgasm. But we also equally, if not more so, address the psychological aspects of having a great successful relationship, whether you're single or you're already in a relationship and communication, masculine, feminine dynamics, being really connected in presence. So all of that plays into the actual extended orgasm practice. So if you have the connection with yourself, like you know what's going on, you you get, okay, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way, and you're feeling this way, that way, you're present, you've got a great kind of chemistry, masculine, feminine dynamic going, and then you've got this extended orgasm practice, you got chemistry right there, long-lasting chemistry too. Uh, yeah, I just love what Alicia said, like the, the heavy lifting, you know, we both have psychology degrees. She has an advanced psychology degree. The heavy lifting that we do, even in a course that's straightforwardly about sex, is actually the psychological work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and I just think of a lot of the folks who are in relationships are like, mm, I don't really know why I don't want to have sex with my partner. And you're like, well, what's the sex like? You know, what, what, when you do have sex, what is it like? And, um, a lot of it is either, you know, disconnected really quick, um, what they saw in porn and, uh, and, and a lot of it is, is maybe just, just about the, the release or the end goal instead of the connected journey and along the way. And, and for a lot of those folks, if you, I, in my opinion, it's like, well, we can imagine if you could always, or not always, but almost always have it super juicy, vibrant, connected, where your body is feeling the most just, ah, would you, would you still not be wanting to have sex with your partner? You know, maybe there was, there's maybe, and maybe you're just not really in your partner anymore. Maybe you were in a fight or something, maybe not the time to have sex, but I think a lot of people just haven't experienced the moreness. I made up that word. Right. That is available. I've used it the second time I've used it in a podcast. I want people to know that I know that it's not a real word. <laughs> but I, I like it. The moreness. There's so much more available. There's so much more. Yeah. And a lot of people have no, no clue. No clue. Yeah. Right. And when you experience it, and I think this is also the same with just life. We can take sex off the out of the conversation. For myself, and I think April too, when we've experienced our, our most vibrant selves, it's kind of like, you know, whether it's doing work on ourselves through therapy, et cetera, we are, we are, we are both on that path. There's no turning back, but what, what you, it's about you know, opening the door should you choose to do that, then there's a lot available there. And I can see why it would bring the chemistry back in relationships. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this question here. This wasn't a part of it. What if one partner is like, I really want to do this practice, you know, so say I'm the pussy owner, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I really want to bring this practice and I hope my partner and maybe partner's a penis owner. I hope my partner's going to be on board. 
And we that, you just know, did a class on this. Oh, you did? Nice. Mastery of relationship. <laughs> we did partner but, selection. <laughs> yeah. Like, so how do you, like, I don't want to say sell it to them, but what if you're afraid that they're going to think that means that there's something wrong with them and, or they're like, what is this weird stuff? My cock's supposed to do everything. Because a lot of people still feel this way. I don't agree with it, but I know that they have these insecurities. What is your advice for those people? So a lot of people have insecurities, sex and romance. There's just tender, tender areas and very sensitive areas. So it's good to address desires in relationship in a tender way, in a sensitive way, but also a direct way, you know? So let's say it's the scenario that you, you said, and like, okay, the, the vulva owner wants to have more stroking and the, the penis owner, maybe is like, I don't, you know, I don't know. And might have concerns. So the best thing to do is to approach it very positively. Like, I love you. I love our relationship. Like I want to have even better sex. I, I heard about this like cool stroking practice, extended orgasm. I'd love to try it. You know, I want to have even more fun with you. That alone might do it. You know, you might be kind of like, oh, that feels good. If there's some resistance, then there might need to be some more directness. Like, hey, I love our relationship. And like, I really want to have more sex. I really want to try this. I'm, I'm noticing that, that there's not as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it brings up a really important point, which is, you know, if we were talking about tennis, it's kind of obvious. People are going to get better at tennis who study tennis, right? Just kind of obvious. There's nobody who's like phenomenal at tennis who didn't study tennis and practice tennis. But with relationship and sex and romance, sometimes people don't do that. So it's a really good qualifier, right? If you want to have a romantic relationship that gets more and more intimate and more and more turned on and even more and more orgasmic over time, qualify the person for their willingness to grow and develop and study romance and sex. If they're a yes, that will happen. If they're not, there'll be the honeymoon phase and that won't happen. So for singles, that's a really good qualifier. And, you know, kind of like, you know, your podcast, hey, wow, shameless sex and these people are great. And, you know, this woman said this and this guy said this and this couple said this and all that, you know, see how your person you're on a date with responds to that. If they were like, oh, that sounds terrible. Shameless sex. No, sex should we should be ashamed, you know, (laughs) like, you know, then like, don't, you know, run for the hills. You know, now, if you're in a relationship and the other person doesn't want to, you're kind of at a disadvantage because, you know, you're, you're already in it. And Alicia's approach is right. You know, be tender, but be straightforward. And if there's still a no, then you do have to declare a breakdown. Then you have to have a come to Jesus meeting and say, hey, look, you know, we, we have a problem. Like, I'm not interested in being your buddy. You know, I'm interested. I want to have the, a soulmate relationship, an eternal date, a romance of the ages. You know, and that does include sex and, you know, yes. and actually deal with it. Addressing it is important. Like just addressing it. Three quarters of the time when that happens, it's the guy slowing it down or the masculine person. 25% of the time on average, when that happens, it's the feminine person. If it's the guy, guys are just typically more conservative and rule bound. And, you know, I'm giving big generalities, you know, people can send us hate mail if they want, you know, but, you know, guys, you know, we're just kind of like, no, I don't want to be open about that or study that or relation, you know, you know, kind of like that. So if it's being slowed down, usually it's the guy for those reasons. 
if it's the woman or the feminine person slowing it down? It's often self-doubt, you know, just self-doubt, insecurity. Sometimes it can be that she's not quite sure about the guy and about the relationship. So she doesn't want to, you know, move forward in that way. Um, but more often it's, it's doubt, you know, it's a big thing that women wrestle with. That's in life in general. So, uh, in my opinion, doubt will just destroy you. Believe, <laughs> believe you will achieve. Uh, so, so we've talked a lot about couples, which is amazing uh, for those folks out there that are partnered or uh, or wanting to be partnered. Uh, let's address the, the singles. I know that Erwan touched on it a, a tiny bit just a little bit ago. But what about single people? How can they practice and have extended orgasms as well? So there's a set of sensuality exercises that we give people. We have a course called the Pleasure Course where we actually assign it for homework. And even couples that are in the course do it independently, but certainly singles can do it. It kind of walks you through touching yourself, exploring your body, and then literally stroking yourself, self-pleasuring. You can absolutely engage in extended orgasm on your own. And it's really nice because then you learn how you like to be touched. And then when you're in a relationship, you have even more to share with your partner. It's, I love that. It's probably better to start on one's own, you know, and then get into it with somebody else. Yeah, you're not already showing up with a whole bunch of uh, like, but you're, you're supposed to do this for me, you know, which I think happens often in, in relationship instead. It's like, I have a great understanding and I'm also open to learning more. And let me show you some things that might work. And also I'm constantly changing. So are you willing to explore with me all the time? Great. We're a great fit. That's perfect. Um, so yeah, I think that a lot of single folks look at it as that they, 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 like they can't practice like it's not their opportunity it's not they have to wait for the relationship to be able to do it when in fact even or even that's again i'm, I'm going to take sex off the table working on your emotional self your right. emotional baggage yeah great we time do that all the time yeah great time to do when you're not taking on someone else's stuff too because you have a lot more room to just tend to you so it really can if you're single and you hate it look at it as an opportunity here discover yourself give to yourself learn about yourself and um and if you're single and you love it fuck yeah you're awesome <laughs> i love you um which brings me to my next question <laughs> sorry i got caught up in the single world um how, because for, for all the people, whether they're in relationships or not, how can they find you, work with you? We got to see a one minute clip of a 30 minute journey. I know you have a lot of offerings. I think you have an upcoming event. There's so much available. Tell our listeners how they can find you. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we have a bunch of fun things coming up. We do have an extended orgasm class and a pleasure course, and we have a weekly class and private coaching and all sorts of fun stuff going on. So the best way that people can get in touch with us is simply by texting me. I'm offering anybody who texts me a free love life consultation, 30 to 45 minutes, and we will dive into whatever is of top concern to you, romantically, sexually, and otherwise. And then I'll also lay out the different options for working with us and we can see what the best fit is. So I'll say my phone number. You can literally just text me 415 415- Three zero eight nine five eight zero. Nine five eight zero, right? That was the end of it. Four one five three zero eight nine five eight zero. 
Perfect. And I did one yeah. of the consultations just to just to tell uh, everyone out there with Alicia, and it was incredible, so insightful. And so I just wanted to interrupt for one second because uh, I'm giving you all some clout. And you're all, <laughs> probably, honestly the first speakers to ever give the phone number. Out. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, yeah. Five, five, five. <laughs> it's it's fine. We we have muscle. It's fine, okay. and it's fun. And you can go to pleasurecourse.com if you want to check out our website and see more stuff. Wonderful. Pleasurecourse.com. Well, that is awesome. Yeah, I love that you gave out your phone number. I was like, wow. I'm going to stalk you. I am now. not going to be doing that right now, everyone. No so, one's stalking uh, Alicia. Call Alicia. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, thank you. That's so exciting. You all have some juicy, juicy, uh, not only info, but I think the, the techniques, and I know we don't like to call it techniques, but there's it's a multi level. Uh, the amount of, I think the amount of educative materials that you have is multi-level. So it's not only about extended orgasms, right? It's a state, it's a state of, state of body, body and mind. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> we you know, the first thing we tell our students to do is meditate. Uh-huh. And then we oh. tell them to exercise. Oh then we God. work with them psychologically. And then we get into the stroking. It's like a it's like a boot camp, but a gentle boot camp uh, to a sexual boot camp and the sensuality yeah. workshops. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you both so yeah, much for you. sharing with us and with our listeners, everybody out there. Go check out Alicia and Erwan's offerings. Last name is Devon, everyone. The Devon's <laughs> applause. We need an applause. <laughs> We're not Joe Rogan. Sorry, we don't have that. Oh, oh, person. I know. We're like, We're I, uh, I got to get it. Where's Jamie? We need it. So, we, need our, yeah, uh, we also want to applause the winemaker, Megan Bell, Woo! out there for making us this beautiful Sangiovese that we're drinking right now. If you haven't checked out Margin's Wine, La Chaim, <laughs> go and check it out. She only does two releases a year, y'all, and you save some moolah. That's right, dinero. If you go and use the code SHAMELESSSEX10 when you buy three or more bottles or SHAMELESSSEX15 when you use six or more bottles or well, buy you drink one you buy you got to use them too yeah so <laughs> you gift them i guess you can gift them too so go check them out them. Them. <laughs> so i just want to cheers to extended orgasms and to this beautiful podcast this was awesome thank you everyone i'm going to do one last call to action though before we go do it we need you right now to go onto iTunes and review us, y'all. We've got some people that love us and then accidentally give us one star. They're like, we love this bed po- best podcast ever. <laughs> and then star. it's like one star. <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm confused by that. But... Just boosting our ratings helps more people find folks like our extended orgasm experts right here and help improve their relationships. So go ahead. You can say awesome and give us five stars. You don't have to do some detailed thing, but I invite you to do that. Pretty please with sugar on top and an extended orgasm for dessert. Ooh. All right, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.